Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch? The show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And this week, I know that Doctor Strange is coming out and we're, everybody's probably thinking we're going to talk about Marvel, but we're not because it's the week of May the 4th, which means it's Star Wars week and we're going to be talking about the upcoming <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's not actually very good, but yeah, <laughs> the upcoming <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi show as well as just the movies. We're going to do a couple of rankings, talk about some favorites. So stick around for Star Wars version of What Do You Want to Watch? All right, so I, at first we were, uh, when we were playing this, we were going to start off talking about the Obi-Wan show, but I just want to ask an opening question. What does Star Wars mean to you? It means a lot. Um, thinking back... This is like, this franchise is the most, uh, that I remember, the most watched movies franchise that our family watched. Like, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, maybe Harry Potter, um, maybe Indiana Jones, but like, Star Wars for sure. Like, we always mm -hmm. watch Star Wars, and uh, I don't ever remember anyone, like, you know, being upset that we're going to watch Star Wars, or that Star Wars was on, so... Mm -hmm. uh, we had like the complete package on DVD and then we had it on Blu-ray, you know, mm -hmm. and obviously now there's Disney plus. So yeah. it's just always been around, you know? Yeah. I think for me, um, the f I've talked about this previously. The first time I remember falling in love with movies was watching Lord of the Rings. But the first time I remember falling in love with a world created in fiction was watching Star Wars. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that there's any universe that will ever come close to me. I, I love Marvel movies. I love the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, and it doesn't matter because the world that they create will never be as cool to me as the worlds that are created in Star Wars. So I think this is far and away my favorite pop culture franchise. Um, it's really not close. I've consumed pretty much all the available Star Wars media visually that you can. I've read some of the books. Um, I listen to the score when I'm writing or anything like that like these movies are a great comfort to me and i love discussing them so uh this is this is just going to be a pleasure for me quite honestly to just talk about this because i just love these so much um, and quite honestly we could probably talk about this for yeah multiple episodes yeah. there's just oh, so much the rest of time depth, you mean? yeah so yeah. much depth <laughs> to it and uh there's just so much to it and i feel like like it obviously has a pretty big impact because I mean, we're going to get into this but like the original trilogy, sequels, pre like there's so much, they're so the movies are so different even though they're the same as far yeah. as how they're made, mm -hmm. but yet all alike we we love them still mm -hmm. even though like quality is different on some of them and how they the route they go on are different on some of them yet we're still like that's Star Wars I love it I you just know? I just think that I'll always go back to the fact that the like concepts that are created in Star Wars the concept of the Jedi and the Sith and the Force and lightsabers and uh, light speed travel mm -hmm. and and things like that are just so cool to me that it doesn't even matter if the thing is bad. Like even some of the movies that I think are mostly not good, there will be a part of that movie that I can enjoy because it will utilize those concepts. Yeah. Um, so the Millennium we, Falcon just tearing yeah. through space. So just sick even to just, watch. You know? Yes. A ship entering <laughs> light speed or a lightsaber fight. Even if it's not a well done lightsaber fight, I'm still going to be sitting in a theater thinking, oh, they're fighting with laser swords. Like yeah. this is just so cool. Wow. This, this a franchise I like heavily deconstruct and stuff but every time i watch stuff it just makes me feel like a kid again and i always love that yeah. so all right let's let's get to the obi-wan kenobi show so for those of you that do not know um 
Disney will be releasing an anthology series May 27th. The first two episodes drop of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. It's set in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. So it is Obi-Wan kind of as an exiled Jedi living on Tatooine, watching over Luke, but not really interacting with him. Um, and the right at this time, the Empire is hunting the rest of the Jedi with something called the Inquisitors, which are just Jedi hunters, essentially. They're weak force users that use lightsabers, whatever. But how how excited were you when you heard that they were doing this, when they announced this project? Oh, I'm so pumped. <laughs> I think the main, the, the number one reason I'm so excited is I'm hoping we get more of what we saw at the end of Rogue One. Like, uh, you know, in, in the original scene, Darth Vader fight, like they did the best they mm-hmm. could. But now just with the special effects and the lighting and the camera quality that we mm-hmm. have, I'm hoping that we just see some sick Darth Vader moments, some sick fighting. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm sh- they're going to give us that. I think, I think they're going to give, cause I think that's what m- uh, most people want. Like they got a, t- they got a taste of the end of rogue one with that pretty sick ending scene. And I think they're going to kind of give into that if they hadn't already planned uh, to give, yeah, Darth Vader, his Hayden Christensen, really his, yeah his like uh, time to shine. So I'm I'm so excited for that. Yeah. I think that's what makes me most excited for this show is the return of people. So Ewan Mm -hmm. McGregor, um, I think it's, it is fair to say that he pretty much backpacked the prequel trilogy with his charisma and uh, ability, even reading the most ridiculous lines (laughs) that George Lucas could ever conceive. Mm -hmm. Um, Hayden Christensen, I don't think did as good of a job, but I look at this as like a, Pattinson Twilight moment. I think that as we've grown on, people have come to realize and appreciate Hayden Christensen and what mm-hmm. he was doing with the with the stuff that he had available. And I think that this could be his like the Batman where he'll be pushed into the forefront of I got again, not movies, but of TV, of visual storytelling. And people will be like, oh, Hayden Christensen, actually really good actor, was mm-hmm. just working with crap yeah. before. Um, but I'm so excited about that. I mean, I've, I'm trying to kind of stay away from any spoilers. Of course, I watched the first trailer, though, and then I'll just never forget what Duel of the Fates hit when I'm sitting there looking at it, <laughs> which is the best piece of film score of all time, not up for debate. I don't even want you to – you can't tell me otherwise. But ah, this is just – this is – is this the most anticipated Star Wars since Force Awakens? Because we've had the Mandalorian, right? We've had Bad Batch, Clone Wars Season 7 came out. We've had Book of Boba Fett. We've had Solo, you know, Rogue One. We had the rest of the sequel show. But th- is this the most anticipated project since Force Awakens? I think so. Um, because of, of things we mentioned, I think. The return of these original guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, I think... I think one reason that I'm so excited for Star Wars now and uh, in the future with whatever they do with it is just the uh, the improvement of of what we'll see on screen mm-hmm. and the and what they how they've grown in technology and funding. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think the quality will be that much better. Mm-hmm. And I think, which I, I hope they don't put this as a cover as for bad writing as impressive special they, effects. But I think that would be something that is just so exciting to see is the special effects and I, what they do with that. I think they've maybe learned their reception of the sequel trilogy, which still like for all the hand wringing we can do and the complaining about how they didn't plan those three movies out, they still all made tons of money. So mm-hmm. they did essentially kind of what Disney wanted, but I think that they've learned and that's why they've made star Wars a little bit smaller. I think mm-hmm. um, with the Mandalorian and things like that, 
Favreau is kind of at the center of this. Um, he's kind of like playing almost the Kevin Feige role for for Star Wars that Kevin Feige does for Marvel um, and planning all these projects and executing them. Um, and I think that that's, that's extremely important. Um, and Dave Filoni, who is the showrunner for The Clone Wars, is also a person that is well-respected and, like, learned, quote-unquote, learned Star Wars from George Lucas. And he's being involved in a lot of these projects, which just helps. I think it gives it a sense of you feel like the people that are guiding this are people that truly care about the stories. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped. Um, I think this is by far the most excited I've been about a Star Wars thing since Force Awakens, which I don't know if any of you remember because we have all the baggage from the sequel trilogy. But when that Force Awakens trailer dropped for the first time, everybody on the planet wanted to watch that freaking movie. Yeah, and I still think insane. that was a very, very good movie. Yeah, I, th I thought Force Awakens The was hype for that movie was absolutely nuts, and that trailer was something I've rewatched over and mm -hmm. over and over again. Where do you think they'll go with this show? Because I feel like there's a lot they could do. I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of boundary because it is set between two movies that's already happened. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's going to have multiple seasons. I think this is a six-episode thing. So enjoy uh, it while we can. I think that's it. Um, I don't know. Because uh, it is it is Obi-Wan series. It's not it's not Darth Vader. It's, so it's Obi-Wan I think it Kenobi. will be Obi-Wan. Um, I think it's going to be about Obi-Wan attempting to thwart the Empire um, and trying to find him and trying to find the other the other Jedi. So trying to find Luke Skywalker, um, which I don't think the empire really knows exists at this moment, mm. but I think it's just going to be him fending off the inquisitors. And then I think the, all the fighting that we're going to see from Vader is not, I don't, and I won't hate the show. If this happens, I don't want them to meet. It doesn't make sense based off mm. of their reaction in a new hope. It doesn't make sense for Obi-Wan and Vader to meet and have a fight. And I don't think they should have a fight. I think that Vader should, if the, Vader is involved in action sequences, it should be about him taking over planets for the empire, which is what he was doing in this mm -hmm. time period okay. and hunting other Jedi. So that's what I hope. I think we'll see some appearances from people in like the rebels um, franchise. Maybe um, it could happen. I think that they'll do some cameos. One thing I kind of want them to get away from is this desire to make Star Wars smaller by making all these stories interconnected, um, which is what they're doing with the Mandalorian and, and Book of Boba is they're making them all the characters keep crossing over. And I like that to a certain extent, but also like don't shrink this world for me, mm. uh, make mm -hmm. it expansive and make it big. So I don't know. Either way, I'm going to I mean, I will be having a full time job at this moment when this series drops at 2 a.m. Uh, May 27th and I will just but be tired at work the next day because yeah. I will be watching both of these episodes mm -hmm. and I'm just going to so yeah, yeah. alright we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back and w what we're going to do next is pick the best movie of each trilogy so there's three Star Wars trilogies the original trilogy the prequels and the sequels we're going to pick our favorite of each of those and talk about why so stick around All right, welcome back. Uh, so I, I want to do this in chronological order, not um, or in release order, not chronological order. So I'd like us to start with the original trilogy, then move to the prequels, then move to the sequels. Okay. What's your favorite original trilogy movie and why? Mm, 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 mm. Uh, there is a correct answer. Yeah, I know. But I'm thinking, do I want to... Do I want to be different? Because I feel like we'll all agree on these. I think. I think. We I think are. this is the wanna, only one that we might. I think we'll agree every single time. Yeah. So let's just okay on the count just, of three. Just let's just it. say it. One, two, three. Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know why. It's not anything else. I was. I was thinking about 
Yeah. We've already talked about this film a little bit on this podcast, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. It is the best Star Wars movie, in my opinion. Maybe David has a different opinion than that. But I think w- it's pretty secure that it's the best of the original trilogy. It's one of the best movies ever made. Um, and that's not just me. That's critics, fans, everything. Um, this is just a genius, genius structure. Um the fact that it's a Vader and Han Solo movie, not really a Luke <laughs> movie, I think plays into a lot of its strengths. It's mm-hmm. it's darker. It introduced some of the most iconic characters in the franchise, Yoda, Boba Fett. Um, we get to see a lot more of Vader in this film. We get to understand why he's so menacing. I mean, in this movie, Han Solo shoots at Darth Vader and he just catches the bolts with his hand because he doesn't give a darn. Yeah. Um, so there's, it's got the first like actual real lightsaber fight because A New Hope, the fight between Obi-Wan and Vader is kind of disappointing because they can't do a lot with the technology. They figured out a way to do the fight better um, in this one. So then, you know, you have that. You have the Hoth scene. It's just such an iconic movie. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, it, it almost like looking back to, it almost feels like it's a, it's – multiple movies with the different scenes that you have. Yeah. On you each go to planet. so many different worlds and you experience so many different things. You're on indoor, you're on cloud city, you're on Hoth, you know, a lot of it's about flying them flying through asteroid fields and dot. It's, it's, it's really like what cool. movie was cloud city. You know, you're trying to remember like, Oh wait, yeah. that's all in the same. You yeah. Know, it's just there's so much content. Yeah. There's never a dull stretch in this. Um, and I think they just do things so smartly. Uh, I just love, I, I love this. This is my favorite movie ever made. So, and, or a second, cli- maybe second, but yeah. A clip I love is which it's on here on IMDb when uh, Darth Vader's in his chamber and it like opens up yes. and he's just sitting there and it's like, it's he's just very such a menacing. cool shot. He's very menacing. They do a lot of good character work with Vader here making him a, a villain. And then of course it has probably the biggest reveal in cinematic history when you find out that Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, which is a... Um, misquoted line a lot. Actually, almost everybody misquotes that, but still. How is it, how is it said? Well, so uh, the, the iconic way that normally people say it, it's, you know, the Luke, I am your father, which is not actually how the scene plays out, but it makes sense. Um, it's... N- like you he's their exchange and then luke is like you killed my father and vader says no i am your father Mm. which is not that's not as cool to say to people so it's luke i am your father but it's still it's still it's still great so yeah yeah. oh of course probably yeah one i think it's funny too this movie's pg <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a, this must have been. I think this was before the PG thirteen rating existed. It had this, to have been this movie because sure, there's a part where Luke like cuts the hand off of like I don't know. There's a lot of violence. This is a lot of violence for a PG movie. Luke gets his hand cut off. He like kills a giant Sasquatch looking thing on Hoth. That's right. Um, yeah, that there's a lot of violence in this movie for it being PG thirteen. Um, but yeah, I think this is far and away the best of of the original trilogy. Um, nineteen eighty four, so July first, nineteen eighty four is when PG thirteen was yeah, introduced, and this was a movie was released in nineteen eighty. So that makes sense. All right, the prequels now. Uh, I think we're gonna have the same again here. It's Revenge of the Sith, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not that. This one's this one's not close. Of of the three options, I think like this one is the most distance yeah. between them because For both. Sure. David and I like I think stretches of the other two prequel movies, but as a whole, they're not even close to how good Revenge of the Sith is. Um, why? Why Why do you think this film is far and away better than the other two in this trilogy? 
I think I think with the other two, like right, there's been the the rising climax, climax, the fall, the antagonist, protagonist, stuff like there's been all of that, like many movies. But I think with this one it's like kind of the the main and, and beloved character like ends up yeah, I mean, turning turning evil and you're like what in the world and we knew it the whole time and yet at the end you're still watching this movie like no anakin don't turn like, well you're just, almost like how is this gonna how is this gonna work out you yeah. know and then you slowly the sith lord starts to get in his head and mm-hmm. you know he starts to question everything and, and question how he's being respected and stuff mm-hmm. like that and it's just like yeah it breaks your heart at the end especially that final scene on the um i call it the volcano planet what's mustafar it, what's, yeah mustafar like it's like yeah, you, yeah like you said it fight. breaks your heart still even though you know it's coming yeah every time and i think this is the best performance from hayden christensen i think it's also natalie portman's best performance in this trilogy um and this movie i think one of the unsung people ian mcdermott doesn't get a lot of credit for some reason um as palpatine which he was in in this movie and all three of of the prequel trilogy as well as actually the original trilogy um Dude is throwing a hundred miles an hour every line reading. You know, he is just do it. I am the Senate. Like he's just so great. Um and this movie is memed a lot, but I I think, yeah, it's the most effective emotionally. The visuals are much better in this one than the other prequels, I yeah. think. They're they're not as sloppy. Um it's got two pretty epic fights, Yoda and Insidious, and, and then Obi-Wan and Anakin obviously is the penultimate um fight. I, I I don't know. I I think that it's pretty it's pretty clear that this one is best. I would love mm-hmm. to see the four hour cut that this supposedly exists. Mm. This movie is two hours and twenty minutes. Supposedly there's a four hour movie with a lot more backstory and a lot more stuff. Um, and kind I feel of like they ever expands on Order sixty six. And I'd like to see it. I don't know. Yeah. We had to freaking watch a six hour Justice League movie. So why can't I get That's a four hour Star Wars movie? That's what I would like to know. So, That's very true. Yeah, I think this one's clear, and I think we're gonna agree on the next one too. So the sequel trilogy. What do you got? Force Awakens. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think that I my opinion of Last Jedi has has grown in recent years. Um, I think I enjoy that one more than I had when I first saw it. Um, but yeah, I think Force Awakens, which is quite honestly, let's just be let's just be clear, it's a New Hope copy. It is. It's like the same exact structure, um, but it's entertaining. Better graphics though, and it's it's very fun. Um, and they you leave that film with a lot of well, quite honestly, hope and promise for what they could do with these characters um, and the decisions that they made after are kind of disappointing. But I left that film with like a lot of hope for what Ray could be, Finn especially, and Poe Dameron were like the two where I was like, okay, these these could be some like s- extremely interesting characters for yeah. me. And then they never really uh, followed through on that promise. But it's got the right mix of nostalgia, but they also throw some curveballs in there, you know, um, some beloved characters are put in a lot of danger. One of them even dies. I don't know if I want to spoil this movie. I feel like most of the people that are going to see it probably have, but just in case you're one of those people that hasn't yet, I won't tell you who dies, but it's just, I think this movie is also very effective emotionally. Um, and it does a good job of setting up what's going to happen. And then you realize they didn't have a plan for what was next. And it kind of all gets kerfuffled. I even love that opening scene. I think, I'm still blown away when Kylo Ren yeah, stops the... Yeah, when he holds the, the bolt, just the blaster bolt, bolt in midair. so sick. It's the visual so effects just blow me away. And, and that, they start off very well with that Ren that looks scene. extremely menacing and cool in this movie. The red, like, lightsaber that's like... It's a rage crystal or whatever the heck the like term sword. is. It's like... Gl- it's like 
glowing and spasming at all points and mm-hmm. times, like a different than another lightsaber. It feels like white hot and like flames more than it does most other lightsabers and the mask and the voice and the whole, like it was a very cool introduction to his character. And Adam Driver does a very good job. Yeah, I think Adam Driver is probably the star from this trilogy and acting wise, um, he's the one that really shines even though sometimes he's also not given a lot to do, so. This movie this movie made over $2 billion. Force Awakens? Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you like- Two billion, six people, people forget um, because of the way that the rest of the sequel trilogy was received People forget the absolute insane hype around this film. Um, for me, it's one of the three best theater experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was cheering and, and it, you know, Han Solo pops up, we're cheering. Chewbacca, we're cheering. We're cheering whenever Finn picks up the lightsaber at the end of the movie. Like we're cheering at all points in times because we think this movie is so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, it kind of falters. It fades a little. Yeah, but, that's still like, that breaks your heart. Like if they would have had just, plans if they, if they just would have written plan. i don't know i just i will never till the day that i die i will never understand this it's star wars you are going to make enough money to have the entire trilogy why are you not writing it in dude imagine in if they would have filmed these three just back to back to back all the same plan all the same right i mean how incredible i mean yeah they should have i don't know why the way that they wrote infinity war and endgame next to each other i don't know why you're not writing three star wars movies consecutively you know i know it may take a little bit longer but that would make way more sense and you're going to get a better product and you have the money and the time to do it so just do it so next time you guys make a freaking trilogy write all of them at once mm-hmm. yeah because you're going to make money you're, yeah it, it's star wars it's you slap star wars on a movie the only one that didn't make money was solo and that's because you recasted an iconic character and a lot of people didn't give that movie a chance. But mm-hmm. if you give me new characters and put Star Wars in front of it, you're going to get people to watch it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So that was us, our best picks for each of the trilogy. Just to go back and recap the original trilogy. We picked Empire Strikes Back prequels. We tri- picked Revenge of the Sith and the sequels. We picked The Force Awakens. Up next, we're going to take a little break, but then we're going to pick something a little bit different. We're doing our top five favorite Star Wars characters. Um, which is insanely difficult for me <laughs> yeah. because I love them. Um, there's, I could name a hundred off the top of my head. So I, having an hour down five is, Kay. we're doing that when we come lot. back. Nope. Name a hundred <laughs> characters. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah. So when we come back, we're going to do top five. So stick around. All right. Welcome back. It's top five Star Wars characters. So I don't, there's, I don't know. Do we have, there's not really specific rules we have to outline. I think you're just ranking them five. Just five. Five to one. So we'll start with five. David, what is, who's in fifth place? Who's your fifth pick? Mace Windu. Really? Dude, I just think he's... I think Samuel Jackson's just B.A. I think he's so... And learning what they engraved in his lightsaber. <laughs> his the fa- back, his favorite cuss word. The behind-the-scenes stuff is... His lightsaber um, famously is only purple because he wanted to be able to spot himself in the big Attack of the Clones fight scene. <laughs> um, and he asked George... He was like, "What can I have a different color lightsaber? And George was like, well, lightsabers are blue and green if you're a good guy and then he say, and if you want me like, in this movie I'll he's like uh he's like uh what about purple can we do purple and george is like well we'll, we'll see what we can do and then he gets purple lightsaber i so think he's cool. so i think he's just so fun see, i love samuel jackson and i think it's just a fun character although he did have a chance at a certain point to just completely end it all and kind of biffed i'm i'm shocked that you i hate mace windu really? i'm not gonna lie i'm extremely anti-mace like, i think he's a jerk i think that his character motivation 
is stupid. I think that we don't get to see a lot of the cool part. We just get to see the annoying bureaucrat Mace Windu who just doesn't believe anybody and thinks he's great. And then it ends up costing him his life. Maybe I'm just, I like Samuel L. Jackson. That's so maybe possible. That, that's influencing my decision. Samuel L. Jackson tinted glasses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my uh, fifth pick, uh, my fi- fifth favorite Star Wars movie of all, t- Star Wars movie, Star Wars character, good Lord. It's Darth Maul. Um, I'm a big Darth Maul guy. I remember thinking he was the coolest person ever whenever he popped up in Phantom Menace, just like never had seen somebody with a double-bladed lightsaber before. Yeah. <laughs> so that was amazing also to like me. Also, like, the makeup. Like, yeah, whoa. and he comes in. I think one of the best scenes in, in all of Star Wars is his fight with Qui-Gon and uh, Obi-Wan. I think that movie is bad, but that fight is amazing. And the patience um, of and them having And extremely intense. Um, yeah. And then he comes back in the Clone Wars um, and in Rebels. He's a character that pops up in the animated shows. I know he doesn't actually die. He lives. They give him robot legs. You can yada yada the, oh, my God, Star Wars never kills off characters thing. But still, I think that's extremely cool. Um, and I, I just love his character. I love his motivation. I think in the Clone Wars is when he really shines. Is like He becomes like this revenge-driven crime boss who is actually seeking to destroy Sidious and his plans. And there's a part where you think he'll align with the Jedi almost mm. because he wants to kill Palpatine so much because he hates what Palpatine did to him. It's mm. just really cool. I think his character is extremely complex, and he's one of the ones that I think grows the most over the show. So, yeah, I love, I love Darth Maul. I'll always love Darth Maul. Mm. All right, number four, David. I think it's going to be Kylo Ren. We just talked about him. Really? I think he's just... I I love, um, especially in Force Awakens. I'll say that with mm-hmm. you know how they handled the, the back two movies, but uh, the the first two of the sequels, uh, I just love his character, and um, like Ray just slowly trying to like turn him, turn yeah. him, like come on, you know, and then finally at the end, um, they like, well, yeah. I guess if I you haven't know. seen it. One yeah. of the coolest moments is when they when Ray passes the lightsaber to him the f- in, f- the in Force the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, and he does the shrug thing before he kills all the knights of Yeah. So sick. And I think I think Adam Driver just kills this. He's a um, very, very talented actor. And I just I just love this love his character as a whole and Loki how they him and Ray kinda work together, even though for most of the time they he they are against each other for most of it, yet their chemistry together is fun to watch, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so I, I just love Kylo, and I think he, amidst all the uh, craziness and backlash of those sequels, I think he was consistent in uh, how well he played his character. So mm-hmm. I, I really like Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. For for my number four, I'm going to pick uh, Princess Leia. I, classic. Um, obviously, I had a crush on Princess Leia since I was like five, probably. But I think the more I, I, I grew up and come, came to appreciate just how cool of a character she is. Like her introduction is insane. Um, when we actually see her, obviously you see her in the video with R2 before, but you know, she is saving the people that came to rescue her essentially mm. is what a lot of this movie is about. I do like the idea of her turning into a general for the resistance um, later on and, and leading in the sequel trilogy. And like, I love the Leia is willing to sacrifice maybe personal achievement for her family. Um, she has that vision that where because she she has all the force power Luke does. She could be Luke, mm. but she had a vision that if she does that, then it's gonna bring like ruin to her family. 
um, which it kind of does anyway, but she's willing to give that up. Um, but I think she's just courageous, um, extremely just a cool character for me to look up to. You know, I mm-hmm. just think she's a, like the she's probably the best example of a leader in Star Wars and making decisions and caring about other people um, and leading by example. So I've always loved Leia and I will always love Leia. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Number three. Bro, C-3PO. <laughs> he's oh, a my freak. God. David, this is the weirdest list ever. Called. He's a freaking stud, He's all, and he's just all, all reliable. He's mm, just always there. That's true. He is all reliable. And he's just so funny. A little bit of comedic relief. Uh, love the guy. Um, he's just he's always there, and I don't know if he always has the best you know advice, but mm-hmm. he's kind of that friend we all need. You know. So you, you get mad at the parts of the trilogy whenever they're yelling at C-3PO for being a whiny little coward. Yeah, like come on, give him a break. He's doing the best he can. <laughs> that that part and only one of the only really effective emotional parts in Rise of Skywalker is when C three PO does the I'm taking one last look at my friends. Yeah. Whenever they're about to switch him off. <sighs> that's that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> that is. <laughs> and then of course they just freaking bring him right back so then they you lose the emotional moment. But when that happens you're like, Oh my this is this is difficult. Another character that's in almost every single movie um i think solo is the only star wars movie he's on it because he's in rogue one i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. um so yeah that's they like they like a it's a passing but like you s- i think they try yeah, to tie the other like movies by seeing him at him because he's know. at like the rebel base mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah dude i just oh reliable he's just so fun c3po yeah a goat okay my number three is a much better pick than david's um <laughs> it's obi-wan kenobi <sighs> Mm. Uh, stop don't <laughs> don't even act like obi-wan kenobi and i would not be on this list without ewan mcgregor um i liked him in a new hope but he was kind of an old jerk a little bit that actually ended up lying to luke so you're like this guy i don't love <laughs> him um but the the prequel trilogy ewan mcgregor's performance as obi-wan really shines i love his sarcasm he's just so great like I mean, oh, I'm not brave enough for politics. Like, it's, <laughs> he's just so funny. Um, and his dynamic with Anakin is something I really, really enjoy. Um, and in the animated Clone Wars, which I will talk about at length coming up, um, he his character really shines and gets a lot to do. Um, there's a lot of Obi-Wan-centric plot lines in that. You find out that he had, like, actually fallen in love with someone at one point and was about to leave the Jedi Order but then decided not to, and he, like, loses her. Um, and watching him go through that, his whole arc with Maul and trying to understand what's going on with Anakin and Padme um, and like watching Anakin slowly turn and having to deal with that anguish. I just think he's one of the most tortured characters, but like his response is always good. Mm. Um, so he's just really good. And he's hilarious. He like Attack of the Clones is pretty much just Ewan McGregor trying to make you enjoy this terribly constructed movie with just the funniest lines ever. <laughs> um, and, and he's just great. So, yeah, Obi-Wan for me and my number three. What do you got for two? Han Solo. Mm, you are a Han Solo guy. Han Solo is great. He's so, 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 I think weirdly, like, growing up, that's, like, of the Star Wars characters, like, that's the one, like, I wanted to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You don't like, want to be Luke. Luke has to deal with all the family trauma. Han like, Solo is just a cool pilot guy. He was just so cool. Could freaking whip that Millennium Falcon anywhere and then gets the girl like smooth talker yeah like he's just he's just so and he like Harrison Ford just like so does a good job in that and uh not 
you know, he he has. I, I don't. Do you know was anything like ad libbed or was he all? Did he stick to script pretty I well? I think he stuck to script. I think they, I know his like back well, like comedic stuff. I do stuff know was, that Harrison Ford was like would say like they would give him a line reading. He'd be like, "I'm not saying that. What if we try this instead?" Mm. Um, but yeah, he was like the epitome of cool. Because I know uh, his like gets quick, frozen in carbonite, so he's even cooler. That's true. <laughs> I know his like quick comments, like the funny stuff, like that just seems like not in the Lap script. Wrap it up, Buzzball. Like, yeah, he's like so good. Oh, the, it's just so the I love you, and then he just responds to Leia by saying I know. It's so funny. It's like when so he's on the good. screen, like I want I'm paying attention because like he, he, Han Solo is just such a fun character to watch and to yeah uh, to be involved with like, yeah, in ha- this universe. Harrison Ford's charisma really carries that role. Um, and I, quite honestly, I, I, I guess I'll just ask you about it now because you did bring up Han Solo. What do you think of the Solo movie? Because Aiden Allenreich obviously is cast as the as a character that a lot of people didn't want to see recast. But it's not like if they're making this movie, you know, you can say they shouldn't have made the movie. But if they're making the movie, they can't do it with 75-year-old Harrison Ford, okay? Mm-hmm. So how did you feel about him and how did you feel about the way that he stuck with Han Solo? I honestly enjoyed it. Again, it's Star Wars, so I enjoyed it. But right. I thought, like... I think I don't know. I think Star Wars fans have a very, very high like oh, expectation. It's the worst group insurmountable. Of people. Yeah. And like that just wasn't gonna be realistic for seventy five year old Harrison Ford yeah. to, to do it. And also where this takes place, Her- this is a young Harrison Ford, so what are they gonna CGI him and look young? Like you might as well just find someone that looks like him. Yeah. So I-, I enjoyed it. You know, it's not the best Star Wars by any means, but um, I think I'll I, watch it again. I kind of want to watch it now. You know, like it's something I'm going to probably revisit and it's something I enjoyed watching. I think that, um, I think he does a good job. Um, on Aaron Reich does a good job of getting the mannerisms the pressure too. and the idea of Han Solo down. I just don't think he looks like Harrison Ford, which is the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of is tough, but I think he like gets the mannerisms of that's of that stuff down. But again, that's, this is kind of the star Wars problem that we talk about a lot. Uh, the fan base is, in many toxic. respects, toxic. Um, yeah. They're never pleased by anything. Everything is incorrect. Um, extremely, a lot of people, and obviously you can't attribute this to everybody that's a fan of Star Wars. There's some extremely sexist people that like Star Wars movies, but hate. Uh, they think that Rey Skywalker is the worst character ever because she like, is a Mary Sue, and is she's no different than Luke or Anakin in the fact that she just was born with amazing powers, which it, they are too, so I don't know why you have to hate her character for that mm-hmm. specifically. But there's a lot of, like, yeah, people. So there's a lot of movies that get a lot of hate that don't deserve it. Like, people will talk about The Last Jedi like it's the worst movie that's ever been made, and it's, it's really just not. It's simply not. Yeah. It's not that bad, but they're passionate, um, and sometimes they're moronically passionate to the point of disgust. So you have that. Okay. My, my number two pick it's Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, the greatest villain I think ever created in movies. I don't know if that is, that is bad to say. Um, I will always go back to the Joker is not a movie villain. He was a comic book villain first. Darth Vader is not Darth Vader is a movie villain first. Um, so, but yeah, I don't, you can hear his breathing. Like everybody knows who Vader is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And the backstory is tragic, but cool. And, even though he couldn't move in the original trilogy because they didn't really figure out how that worked. He was still like 
the coolest character in every single one of those movies. And then when you add the Rogue One fight where he's just walking through the hallway, just absolutely murdering people left Force and right choke, in the coolest push, possible way. Not slice, even slice. It's literally canon that with Darth Vader is holding his lightsaber with one hand. He's not actually trying. And he was doing that in that whole fight. It's just so cool. I don't I just don't think he'll ever get a cooler character than Darth Vader. Like the design, the the breathing, just everything about Vader. Yeah, that's so cool for me. Yeah, and which is a good segue because that's not my number one. I figured uh, Darth. He's just it's just so slick. I even talked about that Empire Strikes Back scene where he's like in his chamber and it's pitch black, mm-hmm. and that just slowly opens up and he's like sitting there, like it's just such a cool shot and yeah. And I think so cool. I think you I, can. I don't know if you can loop Anakin in there with him, but I really like Anakin in the prequel films as well. Not like the way that he acts, but like his potential and and the. I think in the Clone Wars, he really shines with what's going to happen, and you can see the seeds of Vader um, at a lot of points. But Vader is, Vader is again, the coolest, I think probably one of the coolest fictional characters ever created and the coolest villain, which you're probably wondering why I didn't pick him as number one. But my number one, um, David knows, um, and I told you I was going to talk about the Clone Wars at length, and here's where I'm going to do that. It's Ahsoka Tano. Um, Ahsoka Tano is my favorite Star Wars character, uh, and it's not – it's it's close, but it's not. Like, Vader is always going to be number two, but he'll never be number one because I just love this character. For those of you that have only seen live-action stuff, she's only pops up in The Mandalorian Season 2 right now. And uh, one episode of The Book of Boba Fett, she is getting her own show with Rosario Dawson starring. But you literally get to – she's introduced in a little-known Star Wars animated movie, the like Star Wars Clone Wars, which is a movie that was a essentially – set up the Clone Wars TV show. She is introduced as the possibly most annoying character I have ever met in my entire life. She is a Padawan for Anakin. She is frustrating. She it, like has this high-pitched, kind of almost annoying voice at first. And you're like, I despise this character. I don't know why they're there. And you watch her grow from like precocious, quippy, young teenager to the ultimate picture of what a Jedi should be by the end of her arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I think peak Star Wars for me is not a movie, even though I love Empire Strikes Back. It is the last four episodes. It is the Mandalore, the Siege of Mandalore arc in season seven of the Clone Wars. And it is so cool. And she is at the center of it. Um, her character is one that has been scorned and left from the Jedi Order, but she still strives for good. She has the classic two lightsabers, which become white later on. That is an insanely cool fighting style. Um, her character is funny. She's likable. Her motivations make sense. She's one I feel like I can connect to. Um, she seems kind of like a person that, uh, a character that is of a piece with my generation and the way that she responds to things and how she acts and how she feels about the world crumbling around her um, and trying to solve those problems. Um, but at the end of the day, she just cares about those close to her. And I just, I will never not love Ahsoka Tano. I think David remembers my reaction whenever I saw her first in The Mandalorian in live action. Mm-hmm. I was like a kid on Christmas. Um, I'll always love this character. So I don't think David has a connection to her really, but not as much. I started the Clone Wars. Um, I think I got. I think I got season one done. So I, I knew of her, and kind of that first that first impression. Yeah, you're side like, of why it. does Nathan like this character? She's annoying. And then like Mando season one dropped watch that life happened and I haven't watched the other six seasons I am wanting and you know it's like what they're 26 Mm -hmm. 25 to 30 minute long it's not that long so maybe this summer when I have a lot of extra time I could just 
binge watch this mm-hmm. and, and, and do it. So you say that the Clone Wars movie should be watched. Before? You can. The, you don't really have to. The only thing that happens in that movie is you get introduced to Ahsoka and it gets explained to you that Ahsoka is now Anakin's Padawan. That's the only okay. like thing that happens in that movie. So you don't have to watch it. It's not a great movie. It's really not. Okay. The show is good, though. The show is peak Star Wars for me. Um, and you don't even have to watch the whole show to watch, I think, the Siege of Mandalore arc, which is the last four episodes of the last season because they're, they're fighting to overtake a planet from Darth Maul um, and then Order 66 and how they escape it is kind of the end of that. So it would make sense to you, I think, even if you haven't watched the whole show. But I would encourage everybody to So for the listeners, it. when does this take place um, in so, comparison to the so Star the Wars clone, movies? The Clone Wars takes place entirely between episodes two and three. So it is that long conflict that takes place that they're using the clones to fight the Separatists. So it's the Republic versus the Separatists. You get to see a bunch of kind of anthology stories about different Jedi. You get to explore some of the Jedi that are mentioned in the films but not really explored much. You get more character work with Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. That's like the trio that's at the head of this, and they're in almost every single episode. Um, it really just expands on the universe more and I think gives you a deeper understanding and a probably appreciation for the prequel movies. I think it's the reason I like Revenge of the Sith so much is that I now see all the stuff that goes into that, which is, I guess you could say, lazy filmmaking because if they could have done that, they should have just done that with the movies, but mm-hmm. they didn't. They did it with a TV show, but again, I would and encourage everybody to watch it. To be mentioned, that TV shows, you got a lot more time. Oh, and, absolutely. And to yeah. dive into that and figure that yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, they can go to planets and they can spend times with, I mean, for example, there's four episodes that are focused solely on the Jedi Kit Fisto, which most people don't even know, but he's the weird, like, eel, eel fish looking guy that's green that dies, like, when they attack Palpatine in the third one, and you're like, who gives a crap about that guy? Well, I do, because I've seen the Clone Wars, and I'm now attached to his character. Mm-hmm. So I think it just makes Star Wars better if you watch that. And, yeah, it looks like it's a show for kids, but, <laughs> dog, they deal with war crimes, and there's, like, a lot of civil war fighting back and forth. There is just a treachery, deceit. You know, it's a, there's a poli- it's a political thriller at times. You know, there's terrorist attacks. It's a lot of stuff. So I would say it is a show that kids can watch, but it the plot lines are for mm-hmm. sure something that adults can grasp onto as well. I should literally watch this the entire Star Wars universe this summer in like you can watch it chronological in order. order. That like would, one, two, Clone Wars. Probably three, doing nothing else all summer. You know. Three Rebels. Four. Yeah. Rogue One. <laughs> when does Solo take place then, right? Actually, it's it would be three Solo Rebels. Rogue One. Rogue One, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight, nine. Yeah. That'd well, be a lot. And actually, Obi-Wan now. It's true. As well. And then Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett would also be thrown in. There's a lot of Star Wars out there. Yeah. But people should watch it. So that was our top fives. And the last thing that we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to rank all the movies. Classic. You got you to uh, do it. This includes all nine trilogies. Like, Skywalker saga films as well as the two anthology movies released so far Solo and Rogue One so stick around we rank every single Star Wars movie ever made ever boom alright so we're back and we're going to rank all of the Star Wars movies all the live action ones I guess I should say because there is that Star Wars Clone Wars movie Um, so all of the live action movies from uh, 11 on down to one. Just to remind everybody, here are the movies. This is in chronological order in the Star Wars timeline, not release order. So Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Solo, Rogue One, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and 
the rise of Skywalker. David, let's start at the bottom and work our way up as we always do. What is in last place for you? Last place is episode two, Attack of the Clones. Me as well. Why? Um, well, despite the, maybe not their fault, just the, the poor graphics, it's a newly newly introduced type of technology, but they did solely just depend on that. But also, the kind of whole love affair. Oh, the Anakin Padme love is, story is so not And especially when they go to that plant, like it's just They go really to Naboo and like, and I don't even know. There's something about like, uh, you look great. That's only because I'm so in love with you. There's a weird part where they pass a pair with the force and cut it. Their, their love story is not believable. It's not. It's, it's just, just really isn't. weird to me. It's I feel like it takes up a lot of time oh, where we yeah. could be doing other, <laughs> yeah. seeing other cool lightsaber fights and <laughs> yeah. people dying. Yeah, this is just, I think this is the part where George Lucas is trying to accomplish something and he's the least good at it. And he's just not good at writing believable dialogue for a love story. He's just not really great at that. Um, and he did that in this one. I think I th- the only thing that saved this is the Dooku Yoda fight at the end mm-hmm. is cool. And I think this really hurt Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Cause this, this movie, he's bad in this and there's things that don't make sense. Like Anakin goes to slaughter Tusken Raiders and then Padme's like, yeah, that's kind of hot war crimes. Killing women and children, that's that is, want you. that is attractive. Also, wasn't kicked out of the Jedi Order for that. Again, doesn't it's a movie that doesn't make sense in a lot of ways, and it's just, yeah, that, that part takes up so much, and it just drags. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, what is your what, what do you have in 10th? So Number 10 is uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Boom, same again. Look at us. Who would have thought? Me. Despite, you know, if you're just a graphics guy, this might be higher up because the graphics are... Yeah, this movie is visually Cracked. stunning. Yeah, but uh, I think we all know the story is just like a big, big old question mark, and Doo-doo. how they develop and how they decide to end this is kind of uh, disappointing, I'd say. Yeah, uh, I I um, wrote a little review when I actually made a list on Letterboxd of ranking all these, and I wrote a review of this one, and I just said like, here's a thought. Hey, how about having a plan for a new trilogy? of the most beloved movie franchise in human history. I blame Disney and JJ's desire to rewrite Ryan's changes for the utter mess of this film. Um, yeah, I felt like JJ was just trying to like take star Wars back from what Ryan Johnson's idea. And he like poo poos on all of Ryan Johnson's things from last Jedi, which whether you like them or not, I think you should continue them because this now seems like you just cut off a thread and added a new one or, just ignored a huge middle section of character development and a lot of character motivations make no sense. And the single, maybe dumbest line of dialogue in the entire movies um, is somehow Palpatine returned. We get no explanation for how there's no setup for probably the biggest villain in star Wars aside from Vader. We, he just returns. We don't get a reason why we don't mm-hmm. get anything. They literally brought him back. I think just for money. Yeah, essentially. Cause that was a way to draw people in because, Oh my gosh, you hear Palpatine. It sucked. I yeah. was so mad. The saber pass is cool. Yeah. There you go. I feel like this could have been one of the greatest, like, trilogy. Like, if, if they would have done, like, Force Awakens and, like, had a coherent theme and thought and plan, one, two, like, one, two, three, boom, 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 this could have been just mm-hmm. Let's a grand slam of a, of, a, of a trilogy. But, man, it, they messed that up. I want you to give me a ranking on I, – I know we do zero to five or zero to ten. Let's do – Let's do zero to ten in decimal points are allowed for each of these two, so we can kind of give people an opinion of how far apart they are. So, for Attack of the Clones, what do you have like out of ten? 
what would you rank this movie? Oh, like my, my ranking of like, it? Like, yeah. So we can just give people an idea of how far apart these are. I, I have this at a 5 out of 10. Okay. So I, I would put it at like a 5.5 5 out of 10. Oh, so you want, you want even more specific. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, And then Rise of Skywalker for me would be like a 5.8 out of 10. What about you? Um, for Attack of the Clones... Yeah, I I'd, I'd put I'd do mine five three, mm-hmm. and then for Rise of Skywalker, I'm gonna do five eight. I think Kay. the special effects alone, like, kind of has you in all in all honesty. Just the technology and the funding that they have in mm-hmm. this movie, the, the special effects and the visual effects were very uh, impressive to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that sense, that raises that rating a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do we? What do you have at number nine, David? Number nine, I have episode one, Phantom Menace. Same again. Um, yeah, I think this movie is really just carried by Duel of the Fates and that last fight, and the rest of it is kind of. Ugh. There, there's a lot of bad dialogue. There's a lot of bad acting. Um, Jake Lloyd was, I think, unfairly maligned. He's a kid, and he was tasked to take maybe the most iconic movie character of all time and try to portray him and he got a lot of backlash for his performance which is ridiculous because again he's a child yeah um when he was when this movie was made so yeah but he's just it's just not good i just don't think it's good i think there's parts that are good qui-gon's kind of good darth maul is obviously good i don't think natalie portman's especially good in this movie because they're just not well written because we know from like leon the professional that natalie portman could act from mm-hmm. a very young age um and Ewan McGregor is good, but not great. And there's the weird rat tail thing that they have going on. What is that? Why does why oh, does yeah. Obi Wan have just a strange little rat braid? It's the style. I, Nathan, y- yeah, on. I just didn't like that. Um, but again, I think the end of this movie is saved by Duel of the Fates. Yep, which is s- simply iconic. Um, yeah. So my rating my rating for this is a six four. 6.4. I, I have it at Letterboxd at 2.5 out of 5. I'm going to bump that to a 3 because I think that it is a 3. And I'll put it at a 6.4 as well. I think that would be – it's a pretty good ranking for that. Yeah, I think I bumped it to a 6 because it's not – it's it's better than Rise of Skywalker and, and – uh, Yeah, I want to put it Attack of the Clones. Exactly. Okay. So that's where mine sits. All right. What's your number 8? Number 8 is the solo movie. Same, gosh, we're wow. we're identical. We haven't even. I didn't, we have not even like. Yeah, we haven't discussed what we were discussed this. Here. So yeah, um, I have this one at a se- uh, a seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. I think I'd probably put it like at a, a six point nine or a six point eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just right under that seven. Um, again, right? Yeah, he doesn't look a whole lot like him, but I thought for the pressure he was probably facing. Yeah, I, I thought he did a good job doing this and i also thought like um woody harrelson and amelia clark and donald glover kind of so those character new characters right for um this kind of filler movie i think they did a pretty good job and uh it's, it's an entertaining movie to, to watch mm-hmm. this is a movie that was famously like in development hell there was a lot of questions about who play han solo there was a lot of director changes ron howard ended up helming the project um uh, his daughter actually should be tabbed to direct whatever because she Bryce Dallas Howard has directed the best Star Wars TV episodes essentially at this point and clearly has an understanding of what good Star Wars is so she should be given a movie I think this I call this a popcorn Star Wars movie mm-hmm. um, it's not very deep um, because you know all the main characters are going to survive well you know Lando Han and Chewie are going to survive yeah. Um, and yeah so 
uh, there, I think there's some good things in this movie. I think it's entertaining. Um, yeah, it's not very deep. I'd probably put it at 7.1 for me. I like it. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's some really cool set pieces. And I think Donald Glover does a very good the job The train as part, well. and I think Donald Glover shines. I'm excited yeah. for his Lando series because he, like, as much as um, Alden Ehrenreich was not maybe the right choice for, for Han just based off looks, Donald Glover looks and feels like Lando Calrissian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the best part of this movie is actually Phoebe Waller-Bridge's L3 Mm. Um, which is she's hilarious in this film um, as a droid so it's it, it, that's great but yeah I would I would put it at like a 7.1 for me alright what do I, you have I like well, I, I did like how you said that it's an entertaining popcorn movie you know yeah. like it's not very deep it, not especially in terms steak. of Star Wars but yeah I think it's good so what, what you had this at what a 7 point or 6.8 I had 6.9 okay I got it at 7.1 alright what's your what's your number 7 7 for me is The Last Jedi boom again. that's what you have to same again that's look at us crazy. look at us Good night. Uh, on my on my letterbox, I have a three and a half out of five. I'd probably put it at a. I'd probably put this at a seven point two or three. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. It's there's not too much more separation from Solo, but it is it is um, up. You know, it is a little better. Uh, again, initially, I kind of like it, but then I'm like not speaking up about it too much because apparently just everyone else hates it. You know. Yeah, like that was is, my initial thinking I, of like, oh, I'm not going to say that. I kind of enjoyed that. Then. I think this is the most like discourse over any of the movies is over the Last Jedi. It feels and it feels like there's just really two camps of like this is the best Star Wars movie or this is the worst Star Wars movie, and I'm on neither one of those. Yeah. I'm in the middle, which is not <laughs> I'm normally not in the middle of debates, but <laughs> I am in this case. I th- I think it's good. Yeah, I I, I like I liked the idea that Ray was a nobody from nothing parents. Um, some of the things I didn't love, I wish they would have focused a little bit more on Finn. I don't like the Captain Phasma death where it happens like with no fanfare whatsoever because yeah. she's kind of built up as a secondary boss. Um, the throne room fight is great. The Holdo maneuver doesn't make any sense Star Wars-wise, but it's freaking cool to watch. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, yeah, I, I enjoy this movie. Um, I came out of this movie going, what the heck are they going to do for the last one? And I, I'm... They apparently came out of that movie thinking, "What the heck are we going to do for the last yeah, one?" Yeah, like two? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but I enjoyed it. What did, What would you rank it at? Out of Out of ten, would you say again? Um, I I I I'll settle at a I'll settle at seven point four. Yeah, I'm gonna go a little higher. I'll go seven point five. Uh, for me, I I think I just really enjoy some of the ideas he puts forth. I also like Luke's journey. I know a lot of people hate that, but I like Luke kind of being this bitter like person who realizes he hates the Jedi because quite honestly, I hate the Jedi for the way that they act in the prequel trilogy and the way that they try to control everything. So I understand his motivations. Don't we get, uh, this is the movie we get a backstory beti- behind Kylo's hate for Luke, yeah. right? Yeah. Because Luke and like in a moment of weakness was like going to strike him down because he saw that Kylo had already turned to the dark side. Um, and it tried to essentially just become like Darth Vader. So we kind of almost see like, Oh, like we've been wondering for a movie and a half, like, okay, why, yeah. why does he hate him? And that's yeah. like, kind of get that that gets answered yeah. finally. I think it's I think also if you're one of those people that's like they had a bunch of lore to build off of cuz there's 4000 legends novels. Uh Luke turns like this in the legends novels. He like leaves the Jedi order and stuff. So mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So just in case you're one of those people who says that they should have done that. They did. So So if you hate this movie, rethink it. Rewatch Silencio, it and uh, poor favor. Okay, number 6. This I have Revenge of the Sith. I have Force Awakens. Uh, yeah. Okay, so go ahead and explain why you have I have Revenge of the Sith at 5 so we can talk about it now. Why do you have Revenge of the Sith here? Um, I think we already talked about this. Obviously, the best of the prequels. Um, 
that final that final scene between Ewan and Hayden, I think, is powerful, and, mm-hmm. and Natalie Portman, um, and I think it's just heartbreaking, and mm-hmm. it really, I think you know that they've done a good job when you're almost like emotional at the end and you mm-hmm. don't realize it mm-hmm. and the movie ends, you know, and despite even me being like, it's an okay movie, but like I'm emotional, you know? So obviously right. they did what they were wanting to do. They, they, they captured and they achieved what their, their goal was in that. And I think that final scene uh, is just very powerful. And while it's heartbreaking, um, it's not cool, but it's, it's just a interesting journey of, uh, Anakin Skywalker and how he turns to Darth Vader. So I, I enjoy it for th- for that sake for sure. Now you know, obviously the dialogue still for a lot of the movie and yeah, there's some parts that are rough. Some of the CGI is not fantastic. So I think that's what brings it down to six for me. And then the CGI again. They, that's the only thing I don't like about the prequels is they like flipped the switch. I feel like and went 100% CGI where they could have kind of mixed. <clears throat> yeah, with the original they could mix some and then because you know. George was forced in the original one to not do only CGI because they just didn't have the technology for it and I think that some of those makes him more grounded and then you get all the completely CGI characters and they look extremely outdated 20 years later that's the thing about CG is it ages really fast in a lot of ways so yeah I, I see where you're going for me this movie is five um, because yeah because of all the things that you said I think it's also the best meshing of uh, visuals in the prequel trilogy as well as music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the music is very powerful in this film. Um, I think Battle of Heroes is one of the best pieces of Star Wars music, probably in the top five. Um, and the performances are by far the best of any. Yeah. And this one is just, it's another, like the best Star Wars movie, in my opinion, ends on a downer. It's its a movie that's sad. And this movie, is, yeah, it provides you a little hope at the end, but it's, it's not happy. It's not a happy story. And you know that it's coming in the whole time you're wanting anything and everything to happen to stop it and it still happens and it's heartbreaking but even like the you are my brother Anakin yeah. I loved you yeah. it's like oh my god. it's so it's that's just that part is so good so yeah I have it at five what would you say your rating out of ten is for this movie um uh, on the on Letterboxd it's a three and a half out of five seven out of ten but I think getting um you know precise I think for this one this is important to me I don't want to mess this up let's see I think I'm going to go a 7.8 out of Kay. 10. It's close. Kay. Like, it's close to that Kay. 8 mark. Uh, but I genuinely, it's 7.8 for me out of 10. I'm going to give it an 8.3. And I think it's just because I, I – Also, again, I really think that my watching The Clone Wars makes me appreciate this film a lot more. Mm. And I haven't, I haven't um, watched those yet. Because so. it, adds, it, it adds deeper backstory. You see all the – you get to spend a lot more time with these characters, so the turn is even more heartbreaking. Mm. Um, yeah, so my my six um, going back is The Force Awakens. Uh, this is a new hope copy for me, but it's it's good. Um, it's entertaining. Um, it's got cool introductions to new characters. There's some really solid performance in this. There's some amazing effects. Um, there's just a lot to enjoy about this film. I didn't walk out of it thinking it was the greatest Star Wars movie ever, but I walked out of it being thoroughly enjoyed and excited for the future. Um, I don't know if it lived up to the promise, but I don't know what could have lived up to the promise of being a new Star Wars movie. You know, um, Phantom Menace, it certainly did better than Phantom Menace when Phantom Menace tried to live up to the promise of being the first Star Wars movie since the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I would put this at like a 7.8 for me out of 10, um, but I really enjoy it. Is that your five? Yes. Okay, so... Uh, and, and for the reasons that, that you said, uh, there aren't any glaring issues with the movie and in just the special effects, right? This was the first time we saw this kind of new Star Wars um, since the prequel and the original 
uh, trilogy. So like seeing their special effects, seeing the CGI and 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 what they were able to mm-hmm. produce was just I was pretty blown away. Just yeah. seeing the Millennium Falcon and the and the the battle scenes and really everything about it, I was just like in awe of like. And I believe isn't this is this is it this or Last Jedi where there's that like the the forest fighting scene at night. Um. That is this movie where it's like dark where Finn and where Finn and Ray are fighting Kylo. Yeah, yes, and it's that like is it's this movie. It's dark, but like the lightsabers are lighting up. Yeah, the scene and you like the they hit the snow when you see the snow like <laughs> sizzling <sighs> off of the blades. So sick. Yeah, it's it's very it's a very cool movie visually. So. And, and we already mentioned he's stopping that force stopping the bull at the beginning, like mm-hmm. and just seeing like. They they just put a lot of money into that CGI and, and how it would look and I think they accomplished that. Mm-hmm. While I think the story was good as well, um, I have this as, a, as an. What am I thinking here? Let's do. I think for me this isn't this is an eight point three okay. out of ten. Okay. All right. Um. So what is your number four? What do you have? Rogue One. Okay. Uh, I have that at three. So let's talk about it now. Kay. What do you have Rogue One at four? Um. I think. Like. Well, first of all, the characters die in it, which is kind of new for Star Wars. They don't. Yeah, like to everybody do that. dies in this movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert! But none of these characters are in any of the other movies because they're all dead. Yeah, but I, I think it's just so well. And there was an expectation for them to stay alive because we knew what happened before and after it. So we knew, like, yeah, okay, we knew this is it. Yeah. And I think they just Felicity Jones and Diego Luna do, like, yeah, a, it, a good job. <laughs> like, and I think. Yeah, Jen Jen Urso, if she's in more I think Jen's one of my like outlier favorite Star Wars characters. Mm-hmm. She didn't make my top five, but I love her so much. Yeah. I think it w- we already mentioned this, so I'll bring it up now. The final Star Wars the final Darth Vader scene, first of all. Oh yeah. It brings this up. Absolutely iconic. Also, I, I didn't mention his name, but uh Ben Mendelssohn, um really hateable character and he did his job well <laughs> in this movie yeah he is um, a sniveling little bastard yeah he is film. you know the story's well done and again special effects are immaculate and it's just a it's just a good movie um i think this can be a popcorn entertaining movie while also like that emotional aspect can be can be tugged because mm-hmm. you know they're gonna die but it's still kind of like you get to know the character through the two-hour movie you know mm-hmm. uh, and, and and it's good for me this i have for my rating for this um i have it um, at an 8.6 out of 10. Okay. Um, I'll talk about it now. It's my number three. Uh, yeah, I think the vi- this is the most visually stunning Star Wars movie for me. Um, a lot of the the scenes with the Death Star are amazing. I think about when they destroyed Jetta City and they're flying away is like the world is collapsing around them is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a movie that doesn't rely on the Force, which I think is was for its time a like pretty unique idea um solo comes out two years after which is another movie that doesn't rely on the force but like this is the first star wars movie where there's not a jedi at the center um mm-hmm. but it's so well executed and, and they're not reliant on that yeah and it, there's no like there is vader in it but he's only in at the end he's not like really factoring into the plot i mean he you see him in the middle and you're like oh my god that's Darth Vader, that's awesome but he's not like a major factor until the end of the plot um but yeah and it also helps explain one of the quote unquote biggest plot holes in Star Wars history, which is how in the frick they blew up the first Death Star and why they made such a stupid fail safe exhaust port thing. Mm. And it's that Galen Urso built it in there because he didn't support what the Empire was doing. And yeah, you could be like, oh that's just them going back and correcting their mistake. Yeah, but it's freaking done well. Yeah. It's an insanely cool film. Um and I love it. Uh I will give this uh, just a flat nine point oh out of ten. Mm. Uh this movie is the I think one uh this is the only Star Wars movie to ever make me cry. 
Hmm. Um, and yeah, when I, they're cried, hugging at the I end. cried at the end of this movie when they hug on the beach at the end as the Death Star explosion is also Scarif, one of the most beautiful landscapes hmm. ever. The like crystal blue waters and the palm trees and the ATATs gliding through. Yeah. And yeah, so I just love this film. So, all right. What's your number three, David? Number three for me is Return of the Jedi. Which is my number four. That's kind of crazy. We're, we're literally besides two. So I'm, we have the exact and we same. Have, yeah, we ha- yeah. <laughs> this is but um, it's just, it's a good movie. It's so good, right? Luke's leading that final mission to rescue Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we see Jabba the Hutt, which is kind of hard to watch because, whoo, yeah. Jabba. Jabba's tough. And... Uh, no, I just I just love this movie. Again, it's a Han Solo's in it. Uh, Harrison Ford's Han Solo, so that's mm-hmm. just really, um, just really fun to watch. Uh, again, I said this earlier, but like when Han Solo's on the screen, like I'm paying attention yeah. just because he's just so funny and light, mm-hmm. and uh, he just did his did his job well. Um, so this this one, I think, I think for me, I'm gonna I'm putting this at a eight point eight out of ten. This is a movie that feels. Um, extremely important. It it understands the weight of ending this trilogy. Um, I think a lot of people have problems with the Ewok thing and like the clearly trying to market stuff for kids, but I think it's still just like an effective movie regardless. Um, and this fight at the end between Vader and Luke is really cool for me. You see mm-hmm. Luke's rage um, and then the turn because uh, you don't know the first time you're watching this movie, you don't know whether Luke is going to stay with the light or he's going to turn to the dark side. You think that there's a possibility that Palpatine like turns him because he's already um, done it once. Yeah. Cause he's already done it with Vader. So you're kind of worried about that. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that there's a couple of parts of this film that are kind of goofy. Uh, the barge thing on Java, whenever they're breaking out in the Sarlacc pit, there's parts mm-hmm. of that where I'm like, man, this is dated as hell, mm-hmm. but it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I still really enjoy it. The only reason they gave Luke a green lightsaber in this movie, by the way, is because it was screwing with the green screens that they were using, the new green screens. Really? Um, the Or the blue screen. They were using blue screens for this, so they had to give him a green lightsaber because the blue lightsaber wasn't showing up, so they gave him a green lightsaber. That's so that's why green lightsabers are invented, everybody, um, which is really cool. But, yeah, this is – I think this is a good – it's a good bookend. Um, I really enjoy it. Like, <laughs> I haven't ranked it for uh, below Rogue One, which it would have been, I think, probably two years ago. I wouldn't have had Rogue One ahead of it. I think I would have had the original trilogy as the top three. But for me, it's a it's an 8.8 8 out of 10. Um, I just really enjoy this film. But yeah. it's it's not the best, but it's still – I mean, when you, the movie that's in fourth place in the series for me is 8.8 8 out of 10, you're doing something right. Yeah. You're doing a good job. No, absolutely. So, all right. Number two, I think we're probably the same, right? It's the original Star Wars. Yep. Yeah. Um, Can you imagine? Let's just stop and think. Yeah. Can you imagine seeing this in 1977, going to the theater and just watching Star Wars? The most technologically advanced movies you have before that. I mean, 2001 A Space Odyssey is beautiful, but like just you're watching Star Wars. I I think I probably would melt Yeah. my brain. People, I don't. People need to understand at this point, um, there's no such thing, obviously, as social media. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is. There are no trailers. Um, and but yeah, if you want to see a trailer for a movie, you have to go to another movie. You're not looking them up online, and they're not. They're not the trailers we think of now. It's not like an uh, expertly cut, cool sound design trailer. It's just like a weird guy narrating what's happening. And the first, the first smart, the first, first smartphone was invented in 1992. <laughs> so there wasn't a smartphone. 
Um, flip phones? Were there flip phones in no, 1970s? There's no cell phones. Yeah, there's no, no nothing. nothing. This is this is so, a movie that pretty much relied solely on print advertisements and word of freaking mouth. Yeah. So imagine like it, it, today it it kind of sucks. Honestly, we see the trailers, we see spoilers through that. But like, yeah, you see it in the newspaper. You see, um, on you know in town on the movie thing like new you know Star Wars, and you just like, oh, okay, so this is in space. They're fighting. See, there's absolutely you have no clue absolutely yeah. whatsoever what you're about to watch. Yeah, this movie just would melt your face off. Uh, adjusted for inflation, this movie made like so it, when it first came out. Obviously, it did not make this much money. But if you adjust it, it's the highest grossing Star Wars movie of all time. One of the highest grossing movies ever. It made two point eight billion dollars, guys. Jeez. George Lucas famously went on a trip during the movie's re- premiere because he thought it was going to bomb. Oh my gosh! And it's the greatest movie series of all time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I just can't. I, again, there's there's some. It's dated. There's some dated parts yeah. of this movie. I will not lie. The fight between Obi Wan and Vader is dated, but the world that it sets up, the the just two. I mean, all you got to look at for this movie's greatness is the two sun shot on Tatooine, mm. and that just lets you know everything. Um, yeah, and it, it's the introduction to perhaps the most fantastical world ever created in fiction. So. It's not number one because the movie that came after it was one of the best movies, just period. But it's not that far behind at number two. Well, and I think it should be worth noting, like, in 1977, like, it's pretty crazy what they were able to create. Yeah, the space battles and the sound design for this movie. With these, like, hanging toys, like. Yeah, and never forget that John Williams just created the theme, the Star Wars theme. And just, like, just. He sat down one day with a blank piece of paper (laughs) and was like, okay, how are we going to do this? I'm going to make, like,. The sound in this movie, you instantly recognize as a Star Wars movie. You hear anything from it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just so good. And the, the characters, you know, introducing us to four or five of the most iconic characters in cinema history in one film. Um, yeah, it's just fantastic. I mean, it was a phenomenon. Dang it, I want to rewatch all of these. I'm yeah. just like in the there mood, in the universe. Sorry. Oh, darn. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Star Wars, A New Hope. Now it was just called Star Wars. When it came out, what do you? What is your ranking out of ten? What do you got? Um, Careful. <laughs> yeah, if I think too hard, it might hurt myself. Um, I think for this one, I'm gonna put it at a nine point four mm. out of ten. Mm. Mm. I will put it at a nine point five. So a same <sighs> for me. You just gotta go. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I think I like Star Wars a little bit more than yeah. you, so it's fair. All right, our number one, the consensus number one. The, if this is not your number one, I feel like you're just trying to be quirky because this is clearly the best one, and I don't know what you're talking about. It's The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, oh, we've already talked at length about how great this movie is. I don't mm-hmm. really know what else there is to say except that's again. I mean it when I say it's one of the best movies ever made. The average rating on Letterboxd is a 4.4 out of 10 out of five or (laughs) 4.5 geez (laughs) my b 4.4 out of five letterbox has this narrative um top 250 list which i'm trying to find here um which just is the top 250 films of all time that exist on its website just based off of just rankings by users um this is the highest that a star wars film appears it appears at number 28 um to give you an idea of what's number one, it's Parasite is number one, movie called Come and See is number two. Actually, the recently released Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is three. Four is Harikari, and five is The Godfather. So Parasite is like four point, I believe 
out of 10. Yeah. And um, Empire Strikes Back is a 4.4. It's a consensus. One of the best movies ever made by critics, fans, just it, it, people with eyes. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't know what else there is to say. It also introduces the icon, perhaps one of the most iconic themes I talk a lot about music in Star Wars because it's so important. Darth Vader's theme, the Empire, the Imperial March, is introduced in this movie. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Uh, yeah, I think we've t- said all there is to say. I it's mean, fantastic. You can say about a movie of this of this capacity. Yeah. So, what what would your ranking out of ten be for this? Give me a nine point eight. Yeah, give me a nine. Give me a ten. I don't care. You're, you're going all the give way. Give me up. a you're ten. It. Give me a ten. I, was I think like I said last week that Two Towers is my favorite movie. Um, now that you're talking about I think it, that's probably still true, but this is right there. Like I, I, if I had to, f- I could flip flop them all day and I wouldn't really care. So yeah, this is, it's, oh my gosh. I, yeah. It's Empire Strikes Back. I don't know what to say. Very good. It's, and again, I said this earlier, like it's hard, like despite the graphics and despite some of the acting, just, you know, in the sequel, in the uh, prequel and stuff, like, every time I watch this, it's just this universe is just so mm. beautiful and like mm-hmm. to create what he created is just pretty impressive to see and uh, to experience that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Despite agree. watching it like 18 times. Yeah. You know? I'm blown away by this movie every time I see it and I will never not love it. So, yeah. Empire Strikes Back, David and I's consensus number one, the best Star Wars uh, movie of all time. And probably will stay that way forever. I don't ever see another yeah. movie coming out and topping this. Uh, sorry. So, yeah. All right. Well, this has been What Do You Want to Watch? Uh, May the 4th, Star Wars edition. Um, I don't know. We, yeah. We, so. We're graduating. We're graduating. Yeah, we're graduating this weekend. Um, this may be it for a little bit for us as we both kind of try to move on, and especially I'll try to get settled in my new place and. Maybe when I get <laughs> when I get a couple of paychecks for my job, I can buy a podcast mic and we can continue doing this. So I think we both want to, but we just don't know where it's at right now. So this will yeah. probably be the last time you'll hear from both of us in podcast format for a little bit, but I bet it won't be the last time ever. Yeah, I bet, I bet we'll be back. Yeah, it's been fun though. Thanks yeah. for listening. Um, what what a what a way to go off with Star Wars. Yeah, uh, at least for the time being. Yeah, uh, exactly. But, uh, it's been fun. Play it. Do it. Play the dang song. Oh my gosh. I listen to this when I work out. No shame. good as it gets folks this music is as good as it gets have a great week celebrate star wars week by watching at least one star wars movie you owe it to yourself and to george lucas and to god <laughs> peace <laughs>